Well, good morning, everybody. What a joy it is to serve the Lord. I've read this morning again Romans 1, verse 16 and 17, where, where Paul writes and says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And when we are in a meeting like this and we experience and enjoy the presence of God, of the Holy Spirit, what else can we say and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of the gospel. Thank you for the power of God saving people today. And I want to encourage you today. I've got a sense in my heart that there are people here present today, couples who might be in a difficult situation. And I want to encourage you, allow the word of God to work in your heart. Allow the sweet Holy Spirit to bring about a change in your heart. For that's truly a miracle that we need, and that is what the Holy Spirit does. He can actually change our heart. That's a miracle from God. So be expectant to receive from the Lord today. I want to read to you today out of Philippians 4, from verse 11 to 13. And the theme of the message today is, Be content, be blessed. It says, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquiet in whatever state I am. I know how to be ashamed and live humbly and in straitened circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare or going without or being in want. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Let us just pray. Our Father, we thank you for the joy of reading your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's been given to us. Thank you that your word is truth. Thank you, Lord, that your word is settled in heaven forever and ever. Thank you that you use these words to change us, to bring about your glory. We thank you for your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk to you about being content. Now, we are living in a complaining, ungrateful, and entitled society. It became a habit to complain about the government, your spouse, your car, your house, your dog, your cat, everything. We complain, we complain, we complain, and sometimes you might think it's quite funny, but it's not so funny for the guys around you. But the main thing of complaining and grumbling is that there is a spiritual effect to that. And that is what the Word says, and that's what I want to show you today. I believe that contentment is one of the keys to a victorious life in Christ. Being content is what God wants, and it's a key. Many times we keep on complaining and we can't understand why nothing would go right. The result of contentment is a grateful heart, which will bring praise to God. And the moment I start praising God, even though the circumstances are not so favorable, 
I prepare the way for God's miracle, for God's breakthrough in my life. Now, point number one, the grumbling, complaining Israelites. The poor Israelites, they really have to suffer because we use them all the time for everything that went wrong. And it seems like not a lot of things went right for them. But they were delivered from slavery and they were on their way to the promised land which God promised to them. And I want to remind you today that there's a promised land for each and every one of you today. The very fact that you are alive means that God is still busy with you. The very fact that you breathe and you can walk and you can talk and you can read and you can pray means that God is still busy working in you. And there's always better to achieve, always a better place to get to where God's promises would be fulfilled in your life. Now, these Israelites, they witnessed truly spectacular miracles. The sea opened, the water out of the rock, etc., etc. Wonderful things. And in the midst of this, they still complained when things got a bit uncomfortable. In Numbers 11, we read that they grumbled and deplored their hardships. And the Bible says, it was evil in the sight of God. Now that is an important thing to remember. Complaining and grumbling is evil in the sight of God. So don't you think, don't you agree we should just stop with it immediately? They witnessed so many glories, so many uh, miracles. They seen the glory of God. They ate manna every day. They, they seen this manna every day happening, and still they despised it. They would not say thank you. They would not glorify God for the manna. I want to ask you today, how many miracles do you witness around you? How many miracles do you see each and every day? And you maybe even despise it. You may not thank God for it. Let me tell you, the mere fact that this body, this machine, which is magnificent made, magnificently made by God, the very fact that this body is working and that this body can walk and can see and can hear is a miracle from God. Do you realize how many things should happen? Yeah. But while we see all these miracles, witness all these miracles, it's so easy to complain. You know, the nose might be a bit long. Of course, it's not applicable to any of you. But, you know, there might be things too, you know, short, long, thick. But we complain about these things. In the meantime, it's a whole bunch of miracles happening in our lives for which we need to thank and praise God every day. Now you can read all of these in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, and especially Numbers 14. It says that the Lord said that their words of obedience, their grumbling and what they predicted would become their sentence. They would all die in the desert. That's not something good to hear. In Numbers 16, we see that uh, one of the leaders named Korah and uh, some of his uh, fellows, they formed a huge group and they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. Let me tell you, discontentment and rebellion, these things run together. And the word says, it's evil in the sight of God. 
You know what happens is that every time I complain, every time I'm discontent, I actually say to God, my God, my Lord, you're not looking well after me. That's not what God wants. No, Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 9 to 11. He says, we should not tempt God, try His patience, become a trial to Him, critically appraise Him and exploit His goodness, as some of them did, referring to these Israelites, and they were killed by poisonous serpents. Nor discontently complain, as some of them did, and they were put out of the way entirely by the destroyer, death. Now these things befell them by way of a figure, as an example, and a warning to us. So let's be clever today. Let's be clever and read the word and see what happened to them and see, wow. Thank you, Lord, that you give us a warning so that we may take godly choices, that we may, may, may choose the right way and not this way of complaining all the time. We complain so easily um, about everything, like I've mentioned, and I don't want to go into that because uh, we might see a few elbows going like that, but uh, let's rather stop at that time. The point I want to bring over to you is that every time you and I complain, we release a word of defeat to the enemy and giving him inroads into our lives. Every time, because your words carry power. We can't go into that today, but your words carry power and it matters to God. And the enemy is there. Whenever you complain, he hears it and it gives him an inroad into your life. Why? He wants to prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. Even the, even the physical world will react to these words. How many born-again people, spiritful people are living today, but you won't, you won't reach your promised land. Because you are constantly grumbling, complaining. This should not be like that. No. Do you want to be around a person complaining all the time? It, it's so tiring. You know what? I think not even the Lord wants to be around a person like that. <laughs> now point number two, the praising prisoners. You can read about that in Acts 16. The whole story about Paul and Silas, they were proclaiming the gospel in Philippi, and some of the crowd didn't like what they were doing. They were beaten with many blows, the 39, I presume, which was custom to those times, and they were thrown into the dungeon. They were shackled, and their feet were placed in stocks. Now, let me just tell you, it's not a very pretty picture. Their backs were bleeding. It was dark. And it was not beardkracht geweest. It was dark. So it's not Eskom Falls this time. Maybe we can encourage them, you know. Anyway, they were beaten. They were bleeding. They were left on their own, shackled, their feet in stocks. Not a good situation to be in. But we read at midnight, at about midnight, they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And everyone, the fellow prisoners, were listening to them. Let me encourage you today. 
whenever you find yourself in a difficult place, even as bad as they found themselves in, the moment you start praising God, the moment you start singing hymns of praise to God, even those who are with you in the prison will start listening to you. Many times we want to proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the gospel by doing that. Singing praise to God whenever you are in a difficult position. For people will take note and they will listen and they will rejoice listening to your songs of praises. Note that what happened here in the spiritual world even manifested in a physical world. For we read that suddenly at about midnight there was an earthquake. And all the doors were opened, and all the chains were unfastened, the chackles were unfastened, and they were free. Wow. Let me, let me draw a parallel here. In Numbers, we read about the people in rebellion complaining. There was an earthquake, and it says, the earth opened and swallowed them alive. It meant death to them. Here in Acts, we read about people in a bad situation, and they sang praises to God. There was an earthquake, but this earthquake brought about freedom to all of them. These are principles in God's Word, which we need to take note of. Let me tell you, if you find yourself in a difficult situation today, it doesn't matter what it is, Start singing praises. Start praising God. Start trusting God. For the moment you do it, you release a word of power. And Isaiah 55 and a number of other scriptures says that no word from him will return void to him without doing that which it was sent for. The moment you praise God, you're a spirit-filled man or woman of God, then you release a power word, and that power word will bring about a sudden earthquake, shaking and shifting your whole situation, shifting the bedrock of your prison. Amen. And it happened suddenly at about midnight. So I want to encourage you. I know there are people sitting here today, and you know what it is to feel like it's midnight. Not a very good time. You don't know where the light is that way, that way. It's a bad time. You could feel lonely. You could feel rejected, etc., etc. Let me encourage you. If you do what the Word says you should do, suddenly, unexpectedly, when you least expect it, there will become a shifting and your whole situation will change. This is the complete opposite of discontentment, of complaining. This is what the Lord wants from us, a miracle from God. Thanksgiving and praise prepared the way for a miracle. Take notice that all these prisoners, when the jailer heard the commotion, he ran into the, the cells. And remember, those, at those times, if uh, prisoners escaped, their life was on the line. So he was ready to draw his sword on himself. But Paul called out and he said, no, no, no. Don't do that. We are all here. And I thought about that. Wow, isn't this significant? All these prisoners were, uh, were set free, but none of them left. They all decided, we, we rather need to stay with these guys. 
for they've got the words of life with them. Amen. There's a huge principle in that. Let me tell you, people will want to be with you. People will want to be with you when you start singing, proclaiming words of praise unto God, even in the most difficult circumstances, for they will notice and realize here is life for us. Here is the true freedom, the freedom from God. Amen. Now, this same Paul is the Paul which we read about in the beginning that said, I have learned the secret of being content. I've learned a secret. So it's something you need to learn. It's something you need to make your own. It's a godly quality decision you need to take today and say, Lord, I will stop complaining and grumbling and I will start appreciating your miracles in and around me and thank you and I will find contentment in my heart. And by doing so, I will prepare the way for a breakthrough upon breakthrough upon breakthrough through in my life. What happened there in the jail? A number of things happened. This uh, jailer ran to Paul and Silas and said, what do we need to do to be saved? Can you imagine that? They were the prisoners. <laughs> now all of a sudden this guy wants to know from the prisoners, what do we need to do to be saved? Can you imagine the shifting that that, that uh, occurred here. The whole atmosphere changed here. And you can read there that they received the gospel and they were all baptized, him and his family. Now, there's a baptism service next week Sunday. <laughs> Take note of this. They did not even wait another day. They were baptized right there. And it says that the jailer, he washed Paul and Silas's back to remove the blood with water. Listen to this. The jailer and his family were washed by the water of the word and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Can you see the effect in the spiritual world when we have a heart of contentment, bringing praises to God? The whole atmosphere changes. The whole world reacts to a word of praise. The whole atmosphere changed. What they witnessed here was a miracle. We want people to see the real God living in us. We want people to witness the living God living in us. That's what we need to do. Even though the circumstance might be bad, you might be in a dungeon, you might be uh, uh, alone, you might be rejected, whatever the case is, start praising God. Start trusting His goodness. Start trusting His faithfulness. For His word says He is faithful and true. And He means what He says. And He again says, I will never forsake you, never leave you. No, never, never, never. If I start realizing it, I can sit in the dungeon and I can say, Lord, I trust you. You know better. And everything will change. Let me read you the words of the song which we like. Raise a hallelujah. I will raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Louder and louder you will hear my praises roar. In the middle of the storm, up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated for the king is alive. Amen. Amen. 
Let's get practical. What happened here? Summary point number three there. Revelations 3 verse 3 says, So call to mind the lessons you received and heard. Continually lay them to heart and obey them and repent. So it starts with a decision. Today I stop complaining. You may ask me, what can I thank the Lord for? Well, let me tell you. The fact that you woke up this morning was a miracle. Thank you, Lord, that I'm awake. I wonder if I would be able to get my body off this bed. Thank you, Lord, that I could get up. Thank you, Lord, that I could walk to the bathroom. Thank you, Lord, that I could brush my teeth. Thank you, Lord, that I could actually take the step into the shower. You know, I've been visiting people in hospitals. They would give anything just to be able to do that. Thank God. Thank God for it. Say, thank you, thank you, thank you. First and foremost, we have been saved. He's our Father. We've been filled with His Holy Spirit. In heaven, there will be a rejoicing if we start being people of contentment. Now, what is the heart of the matter? Point number five. Appreciating the goodness of God. I thought long and hard about this, and I prayed about this. And the Lord showed me something. In Luke 15, you will read about the prodigal son. Now, we've heard many sermons about the prodigal son. It's one of the most magnificent pieces in the Bible. Now, the custom was, what few people know, is that the custom was that if a son like this went away and came back to the village, the village elders would meet him before his father would meet him. And they would have an empty clay pot in their hands. And when they meet that son, they would throw down this pot onto the ground, destroying it, signifying the broken relationship. And they would chase that son away and tell him, you're not welcome into this village. We will stone you to death because you've broken your dad's heart. That was the custom. Now let me remind you again that nothing in this book, this wonderful book, I trust that you also love the Word of God. Amen. Wow. I wish I could preach about that today. Love the Word of God. But no word in this book is written without a purpose. And it's written there that the Father was waiting for His Son, the hopeful Father, but when he was still a long way off, he saw him and he ran to him. See, he, he actually, he disgraced himself by lifting up his garments, running to his son. And what happened is that the village elders, they were waiting with a clay pot for the son to arrive. But the father was... He already saw him there. He said, you know what? <laughs> I will run past the elders and I will find my son. And this is a principle in the word of God that even if the law wants to destroy you and condemn you, if you just trust God, if you just return to your father, he will run, he will make grace, run past the law. And ignore the law. 
and he will find you, and he will clothe you, and he will put sandals on your feet, and he will give you a ring, a ring, repositioning you as a son, and then he will walk back with you towards the village, and on the way you will meet the elders, but you've been restored already. You've been restored already. You are his son, and you are welcome in his house. You are there. Now, why am I telling you this? If you realize the magnitude of the grace and the mercy of this Father, how can you ever complain again? How can you ever complain again? Maybe you sit here and say, well, I didn't leave my dad's house. I didn't run away. I didn't squander the money. I didn't this, 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 this. Let me tell you, if this father didn't find you, you would have been lost already. But he found you and he saved you. He prevented you from losing your way. But this father is ready for you. Even if you sit here today and you are still lost and you are not found, there's a father looking out for you expectantly, waiting for you, and he will see you from afar off and he will restore you as a son. And the moment I, I realize that and I make it my own, I can do nothing else then stand on my knees before God and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your grace, for your mercy. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. And while I'm thanking God in, with a heart of contentment, and I look at the stupid things that I've been complaining about, wow. I'll just say, Lord, please forgive me. Complaining about nonsense. I will put it aside and I will see the bigger picture. And by praising you and finding a grateful heart, thank you that you changed my heart, I will pave and prepare the way of miracle upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle in my life. For he is alive and his word is true. Amen. I want to tell you one little story. There's a minute left. I can remember when we grew up, <laughs> there was no such thing as watching movies. That was so evil as you can get. <laughs> and let me tell you, I honor my parents for that because they meant well and it was good. I honor them for that. But I really wanted to watch a movie. Oh, can't tell. <laughs> I, they always said, I, I've got this weird imagination. In school, I did well in maths, but my stories, that was the best. And this imagination, I could live myself into a movie, but there's no such thing in our house. So, one day, we got word that there's actually a Christian movie <laughs> called The Ten Commandments. Now, that was many moons ago. And my dad said, we can go and watch that movie in the drive-in. Wow, that was a miracle upon miracles. <laughs> so here we drove to the drive-in, and on the way we stopped, and my dad said, uh, what cool drinks would you like? Now that was another miracle. <laughs> I was so shocked, I said, I want a red one. <laughs> and my dad returned, 
and he brought me a green one. <laughs> and I was so upset about that. And, and I, I really threw a tantrum about the color of the cool green that it spoiled the whole evening. And I remember it till today. And that's many years ago. So don't complain. Don't waste it away. See the miracles around you and thank God for His grace and His mercy. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for your husband. Amen. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you that each and every heart would receive this word, that you would change hearts today. Lord, that husbands will appreciate their wives, that wives would appreciate their husbands. Lord, I thank you for reconciliation. I thank you. I thank you that you give us a heart of contentment, a grateful heart. And I just want to pray over you, the Lord bless you and watch you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, amen.